You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, Ross and my hammers 11. Hope you're safe and well. If you use the channel, please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon so you're made aware of any time putting new content on. Videos going up daily and particularly in this weird situation we've had so much football and now we've got nothing. This drought until sort of mid-September will be keeping your West Ham fix going. So make sure you hit that bell icon so you don't miss any content. Um, we've got obviously loads of great guests, loads of fans, um, celebrities, players coming up, uh, and including today's guest, uh, football journalist, um, Green Street Hammers, his very own, Harry Tomlinson. Hi, Hen, how are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good. How are you doing, Russ? <laughs> yeah, not bad, not bad. How is, how's life treating you at the moment? Um, it's all right. Like, the how's football came going? back and it gave us a lot to write about, and it's been sort of a challenging few months without the football. So you had to be a bit creative with trying to sort of get content out for people to read. But I think we've done, we've come out of it quite well, I think. Yeah. What's it like being, a, being obviously like particularly a football journalist um, and particularly obviously writing for the Green Street Hammers and stuff as well, when there was no football on, like during that sort of weird period, it must be hard. You're scrabbling around for ideas and stuff. Yeah, it's really tricky. I mean, obviously there's always leaks from the club as we know so they've always got something to sort of write about and report for people because even though there was no football people still really wanted to still engage with the club in whatever ways I mean I remember writing about the pre-season well the pre-restart football matches against QPR and Crystal Palace and there was so little to go on and they were just sort of re-verbalizing it for more people to read about and like loads of people tracked on to read about it because they just wanted to get whatever fix they could um, so that was right, really positive, and obviously just sort of trying to let keep everyone up to date with what's happening at the club and how football could return and everything like that. Yeah, and obviously now it's now we've got nothing until mid-September. Um, at least you'll have loads of hopefully nice transfer news to report on, and and uh, at least there'll be some sort of you know silly season at the moment, isn't it, for the first few weeks? Um, but uh, it seems to be quite a bit already kicking off uh, transfer rumour-wise already. So. Uh, yeah, it'd be, I think it'd be, it could be an interesting summer, I think, for you. I think that's, that's fair to say, I think. Yeah, definitely. It seems to me like it more feels like a January transfer window, yes. the way it's just going to 
fly by, I think, and rumours are going to go to that player, to this player, like as quick as it does in January, rather than in the usual summer window where it's you built up for a player for two weeks thinking, oh, he's the one we're going for. But I think this one, though, is just going to go that player's that player because it's just going to be yeah. rapid changing environments of where players are going, especially with like the finances at the moment, what's available. Yeah. yeah, I don't think anyone really knows really as well, is it, in terms of finances and, you know, everyone's, all the all the Premier League teams seem to be in the same boat. You know, everyone's, it's like no one's got any money and they're all just trying to move players around and, and trying to, it's, it's going to be weird, I think. It's going to be, you're going to see some strange um, transfers, I think, happening. Um, that's for yeah, sure. definitely. I think there's going to be some odd, odd players pop out of nowhere. But I also think a lot of it might be negotiational tactics. Like we don't have any money yeah. to try lower prices because that's the whole talk has been about is no one's going to have any money for the transfer window because of all of this coronavirus. But match day revenue doesn't actually contribute to a lot of the club's budget. No. So they've still got all of the prize money from the Premier League and the TV rights. So there should still be a substantial part of the turnover available for the club so yeah. wait to see how much of it actually does get spent yeah we'll wait and see we'll wait and see we'll wait with bated breath so so for <laughs> you Henry obviously we see that we see the shirt you see you've got the shirt on um obviously a West Ham fan uh, the question I always ask everyone who comes on the site um is why <laughs> why is West Ham your club why did you pick West Ham um my West Ham fandom goes back probably from before I was born and it originated from my dad. Um, My granddad was a Leicester fan, um, but had no real interest in football. And my dad, when he was going to school, he was fed up of everyone being like a Chelsea fan or a Liverpool fan or a Leeds fan, as it was in those days. And I remember he always told me he took out a newspaper. He's from Epsom, so like sort of south of London. And he literally went like that. And it lands on West Ham. And he was like, you know what? Jeff Hurst, Bobby Moore, all of these like legendary players. He was like perfectly happy with it. And it's continued for him Him from there. He went to one of the FA Cup finals that we won. He told me a story about how he had a very long night and a very painful morning after it. And he took me to my first game um, at Upton Park where West Ham beat Ipswich 3-1. I think it was about 2000 or 2001. I think the Canyo scored, but I remember being so little and just blown away by the stadium. And we were sat in the main stand. I can't remember its name. It, but changed, the, the, it changed every yeah, season, didn't it? Yeah, so. yeah. We were sat in the main stand, um, just to the right of the um, dugouts, and yeah. like from then, I've just I've had a shirt every single year. I've been creating players on the old FIFAs of me to play in West Ham and it's never been anything else and for, to be able to write about West Ham is just like yeah. amazing really exactly and it must be yeah. and, and also because you've got this vested interest you must be even more passionate when it comes to writing content about West Ham because it's your club you know it's not like it's you know Chelsea or whatever it's your club and so you've got this sort of uh, almost like a real it's a vested interest but even more so than than a, a standard football journalist you know what I mean in terms of writing about anything to do with football when you talk about West Ham there's an extra sense of um, of passion in your writing for sure yeah absolutely <laughs> like it's just being able to write about the thing that you love and you know you're going to go to well we're going to go to every week kind of thing and it's just it's so it becomes so it's just pleasurable to do rather than like trying to find out what players going for 80 million quid to United from Real Madrid because majority of people want to know about that. Yeah. 
yeah. I much rather write about what's happening with West Ham, even though there's a smaller viewership for it, because it's what I care about and it's what I want people who I know care about as well. And I think they should know what's sort of happening. And I try to do it as best as I can. Obviously, I'm still quite young in terms of getting into the journalism game. Yeah. I've only finished my degree recently, so I've got a long way to go. Um, but got quite high hopes to sort of emulate people I sort of admire, like Sam Incasol at Football yeah. London, who like that would be like a dream come true to sort of be in that sort of position. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. No, he's all right, Sam, isn't he? We'll get him on soon. Um, now, and also, you know, with with the Green Street Hammers, I mean, that's 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 a great portal to work with. I, I we spoke just before we came on the channel that uh, we started the recording that you know you're getting is it almost a hundred articles coming up too soon. Um, yeah, so I think we're about, we're trying to push 100 articles for this month and, yeah. and there's only a couple of days left and there's about, I think we need 22 out of somewhere to reach it, but I don't think we've ever been this close. So it's real sort of graph to try push it on everyone like, come on, come on, come on, just write that player review. Like it's yeah. 300 words on this player, or two, like 300 words on that transfer room or so just to sort of help explain it for fans that read our site. Um, but obviously without trying to, swamp people too yeah, much yeah. <laughs> with the information so we i do apologize if over the next couple of days all anyone <laughs> sees on their timeline on twitter is just green street hammers vomit really <laughs> <laughs> needs must though henry needs must That's yeah the thing and uh but, it, but it's great i mean as you said it must be must be fun writing is it like Sort of the whole sort of creating and editing process, getting people to do 300 words, this 300 words. It must be like a right buzz, and particularly about West Ham, it's, it doesn't, I can imagine, although it's a lot of work, it's a labour of love, very much so, for you. Um, and uh, and that comes across, that comes across in the writing, that's for sure. Thank um, you. <laughs> no, it is, I, I, I do watch, I do read quite a few. Well, I read them from your Twitter, Twitter handle. Oh, so, oh yeah, thank you. So that's what I <laughs> that's do. So people are reading mine. <laughs> yeah, no, I do, because I think cause it's always... Um, it's, it's certain people, you know, same as journalists, you know, same as someone like Sam or someone like that. And you'll read his articles because you know that there's, it, it makes a big difference. I think when the play, when the, when the person writing the article is a West Ham fan, um, you can get, you get that impression coming through. That, that yeah, definitely. Got... I think it helps a lot more knowing that they're on your side. Yeah, definitely. Kind of thing. Like they're saying like, I'm saying this is a good player because I think he's a good player and I want him to come to West Ham rather than saying, Here's ex player that has been linked to West Ham, da 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 da. Like yeah, the fact exactly. that there's sort of that extra sort of couple of sentences here or there that just shows like, oh, okay, they're actually really taking interest because it's going to affect their club kind of yeah. thing. So, yeah, it's, I think it's a good sort of habit to have. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, and it's, and it's, it, it does come across definitely. And obviously, we, we got in contact together because of one of the articles you wrote and I thought it was really, and I thought it worked really well for that My Hammers 11. So, um, you know, because it sort of fitted in with all the criteria we like to do and, and the fa- and the viewers particularly like to, like to have themes with teams. So, you know, some, we've had, um, I don't know, the best chant 11. Uh, we've had, I don't know, uh, the French Hammers 11, things, you know, these types of things. And it works better, I think, sometimes because it's not just about favourite players because everyone has similar favourite players, but it's nice and it, it sort of maybe sheds light on a few players that might not have had light shed on them before. <laughs> that makes sense. For the, for the for good or wrong reasons, uh, and these, these could be wrong reasons, but I think everyone will enjoy this. So obviously I'll introduce, I'll introduce the idea and you, you can, you can, add to it Henry but the idea is it's a calamity 
calamity uh, London Stadium calamity 11 basically um, so it's 11 West Ham players um, that um, weren't necessarily the worst players and Henry did mention that in his article despite what people say wasn't the worst players but um, where it hasn't it hasn't worked particularly well at the moment we'll put we'll put a caveat because a couple of players are in there who I hope it may work from later on. I don't want to... Some have left, so that's okay. We can slag them all off. But some are still there. So be quite... Is that a fair assumption, Henry, in terms of the article? Yeah. So, like, I did the I did a original sort of copy for it for an old website I used to write for, which was since we got promoted. Yeah. And I took the idea from one of my friends who did a Tottenham one. And I just thought it was such a great read, his one, and how he wrote it was really funny. I was like, I quite like the idea. It's like... It might not be players that you don't like or players that have been the worst signings and they're like not played or not scored or done yeah. like horrifically for the club. It's just a new way of sort of looking at it of like, well, maybe with some of them it is that is the case, but with some of them it could be they've actually done all right compared to other players in these positions we've had in the past. But from the expectations that have had of the players or the price tag that came with them, it hasn't worked out and like as we're seeing a couple of them that might be the case <laughs> yeah yeah so i think people enjoy it it's, it's quite it's quite a good read as well afterwards we'll, we'll link to it after i know you've, you've watched it already but we'll link to it afterwards because i think it's, it adds a bit more when you when you read it in the article itself um so we'll start with within goal henry who could possibly be in goal for the london stadium calamity 11 well um, it to be honest, when I actually put him in, it was a real tough decision for me because I remember watching my original option, which made the original cut of the Calamity 11, Joe Hart, because I remember watching him oh, and just yeah. thinking he was appalling. And like the the promise everyone had for him as like England number one, he's going to be great. And he was awful. But this time it has gone to Roberto for those eight games that he played and... Even Joe Hart looked better, like looked yeah, good yeah. by comparison. Like I always think about like the Newcastle game we lost three two, and I think yeah. it's the third goal where he comes out of the for the corner cross and just jumps like that, and the ball just lifts over him. Let alone the Burnley punching the ball into his own net. I think that's what everyone can agree with. I mean, it's it's it seen. I mean, it, in I mean, hindsight's a great thing, as we all know, and. When Robert, when the idea was we weren't going to renew Adrian's contract, um, we weren't going to give him the money he wants, uh, we were going to let him go for the same money. We're going to bring in two experienced goalkeepers, send the two boys out on loan, Trost and the other guy on loan. It seemed like a really sensible approach, but there was a massive caveat on that in that Fabianski not getting injured. And unfortunately, it'd been like three weeks he got injured, didn't he? And it was like, it's just like. It, it, it buggered up the whole of this season. Um, Pellegrini lost his job, arguably, because of that decision as well. Because um, if the team were playing well, then managers don't lose their jobs if the team are playing well and winning. And um, it was just a, a domino effect for the rest of the season for us, definitely. Um, and I forgot, and I, and I, and I think the, the injury to Fabianski, I, didn't, I sort of was a bit naive to the effect a goalkeeper made to a club. Uh, made to yeah. a team uh, in terms of confidence and they were just shot of confidence Roberto got in between the sticks yeah everything just went at, like in my head it's what cost our promising start to the season because we started the season yeah. really well we won oh, we three of our first six everyone was yeah. feeling really confident thinking we're going to push on from our 10th place finish last season and then we all knew how good Fabianski was he got hammer yeah. of the year and Roberto sort of he came in quite 
highly thought of. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember I read somewhere originally he was a choice before Fabianski was before we signed him, but he went to an NPR cast. Like, like thank God <laughs> we didn't <laughs> make that decision then. But he was coming off an NPR cast, like a very well respected team. He was first yeah. choice and had played well. Occasionally, you see there's an error, but you put that down to every goalkeeper has errors. I mean, yeah. Fabianski was known as Fabianski. Like, yeah. if you thought about signing him five years ago before he went to Swansea, everyone would have gone like, are you sure, sure we yeah. shouldn't be signing Jack Butland instead? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. if you look at the difference where they are now, Fabianski's been one of the best goalkeeper signings we've made since, like, Robert Green, in my oh, opinion. Def- yeah, definitely. Like, He's been great. Adrian had a great season in the last season, the Bowling Ground, and the season before. But Fabianski's really become that cult hero that everyone's loved. Yeah, yeah. And him not being in the side just dropped confidence. And Roberto, like he was only he only paid for a couple of months, and the the devastation that was caused by it throughout <laughs> the rest of the season just it put us where we thought we might actually. Be- be going down and it was a real yeah. possibility yeah. i remember after the tottenham game i was really like i don't know where we're going to get these points from mm. and like my girlfriends are from nottingham and she's a forest fan and i remember what happened with them in the playoffs yeah. where they got cost out of the goal difference it made me so like precious over our point against united because i was like if anyone can mess up a 12 goal difference it would be we west ham yeah, you, know, you just knew wasn't it even if there's that glimmer of if you know like i, I interviewed um interviewed bobby siegel and um obviously incredibly intelligent mathematician and he gave me some probability rate of 99.8 and i was like well that's still 0.2 percent you know that we if can anyone can up, do it yeah if anyone can do it go on boys <laughs> I mean, we went down with the most points ever, you know, 42 yeah. points, you know. So I thought anything. it would be a case of we'd have the record for going up with the most, stay, uh, going down with the most points, but staying yeah. up with the least points a couple months ago. Yeah, definitely. But the, the, the less said about Roberto, the better. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> let's move on to more calamities. Um, I'll let you carry on. You can go through the team as, as, as you want to in terms of Henry, in terms of what you want to go through in the place. So, like... I'll start with the left back was sure. Patrice Evra. Um, yeah. Not that, I mean, when we signed him, he was just too old. And I think what sort of made him qu- like qualify for this team was the quotes that David Gold, I think, or David Sullivan came out with a week before we signed him saying, they might be 26 or 27, but they won't be 20, 32. Like, we want to yeah. sign young players. And he's right. He wasn't 32. He was <laughs> 36 years old. So that's sort of what's put him in it. I like he just wasn't good enough, and it was he wasn't what was needed at the time. We needed to sort of go for someone younger and have a bit of promise. And I think we're paying for that decision to sign Evra then now by the inconsistency shown in Cresswell and Maseraku. Mm. No, you're right, and it, as happens quite often with us. I mean, there's there's another eleven coming out of this, which is going to be the the golden oldies eleven, I think. Where you know you can, and I'll I'll, I'll, uh, I'll talk to someone who's coming up and see if they could do that because you're right. We always tend to sign players at the bookends of their career, um, and and Ever was he was past the bookend, wasn't he? Bless him. He was like you know he was the other end. He'd, he'd read the book, he'd read the content, he'd read everything, he'd read the blurb at the back as well, and he was past it. Yeah, I mean, there's always a, there's always an argument to sign an experienced player, like. Yeah. 
I think it's going back to sort of like Brian Clough, if you watch the Damn United, where they go and sign the old Scottish centre midfielder to be the general. And yeah, it works yeah, yeah. brilliantly. Like, I think Gold and Sullivan might be too big a fans of that film, so they think they can do it with every position occasionally. Um, but Everett was just too far past it, and that's why he's in the squad. I mean, it works with obviously Sheringham. You know, famous. Yeah, Sheringham's the. Yeah, he's the epitome of why it can work well. Yeah. And, and to some extent, Zabaleta as well. But, um, but yeah, Everett was just the wrong position for the wrong time, wasn't he, really? Um, yeah. Right, we'll move on because it's just going to. Because it's, it's, we're keeping it light. Um, okay, uh, go to centre backs then. Who's, who's, your, who's yeah, your first centre back? The, the centre backs I thought was a bit harsh because we've only signed three like actual centre backs since we moved to London stages. So I couldn't really bring myself to put Issa Diop into it because no. I think he's done no. quite well and he's shown a huge promise. But Jose Font was one because he was bought with half the Dimitri Payet money. And his first game, we lost 4-0. He gave away a penalty <laughs> against City. I thought he actually had some good games. Yeah. But he was injured and what people thought we were getting um, didn't really turn up. Like, I love the song, Jose Fonte Baby. Like, yeah. And I, I, he was one of the players you really wanted it to work for because yeah. he'd done so well at Southampton. He'd come up from the bottom leagues with them. But like like Evra, he was just we just got him a few years too late, really. Well, and especially because like Liverpool were like after him, I remember once, and he was at Southampton. And you know, you're thinking this guy's we've done all right here, but it just just didn't work, yeah. did it? Well, yeah, he's one of those like he's the potential was there for it to be work to work yeah. as like the stalwart for a couple of seasons as he goes into his like glory years kind of thing. But it just it was just a bit too far gone and just lost that bit of pace that made it a bit too difficult for him. The yeah. other sense back, I felt really bad putting it him in <laughs> because I really actually I really like Fabian Balbuena. Me too. Um, but this season for him has been, as I'll say, calamitous. Uh, I think it's all sort of a hangover from the Copa America last summer. Yeah. Like he came back, didn't have the full preseason, and he just looked knackered, really. Yeah. And when he when we came back after lockdown, he did look better when he had to play. So it almost sort of showed that the rest he was actually finally sort of back to full fitness. That that player was still there from last year, where he formed a brilliant partnership with himself and Diop. Solid. But. It's, we've only signed three actual centre backs since we've been there, so he had to go in over Diop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even yeah, though I... we didn't pay, even though we didn't pay that much for him, but he came across as the general from Corinthians, yeah. and like for from last season, he would be brilliant. Yeah. But this season sort of put him into the squad. I'm sorry, yeah. Fabian. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. And, and you're right. I really rate. I, you know, I just like. I do like him as a player because he's just got that sort of. And I can see why they used to call him the general, because he did. He does have that sort of like quite commanding process, uh, so presence rather. And and I just think he is. There's there's the potential there. You, you, I mean, you're not going to be the Corinthians captain and be crap. Do you know what I mean? No, there's a, and, no. and he's still right, him and, not too old either. No. Like, he's still got time to sort of pull it back around. He's only twenty seven, twenty eight now. So he just. For a centre back, he could have another five years at the top yeah. of his game, really, as long as he recaptures that form. Yeah, uh, but that's I, why I do I, say in the article they can work themselves back out. Of exactly, <laughs> that's why we put an asterisk on all, these, like, yeah. all the current live players because, as you said, things change. But I think, yeah, I think unfortunately, you know, for him, he's he's third choice now, isn't he? So clearly, third yeah, choice. Sadly. 
unless Jose stumps up 60, 70 for Diop, which because he, he loves him. Um, I don't yeah. think I don't the monster think he, at the back, I think he called yeah, him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. When he was at United, I remember that game because when he said it, whoever whoever scouted him was was a genius, and I was like, oh, yeah, well, that's, that's it must have been our one scout. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who is We've this We've only genius? got one, but he's really, really good. Okay, he's great. He just doesn't get around a lot. That's the only trouble. But um, yeah, so we'll put a bad boy in. Uh, right back. Right back. It was, a, it was a blast from the past, so to speak. Yeah, right back was really only one obvious choice. If people can even remember that he actually played for West Ham was Avaro Arbeloa. He was appalling. Like, more so than ever in terms of being past oh, yeah. his best. Like, I remember one of the first games I saw him play, it was against Southampton where they just destroyed us 3-0. Yeah. And he was just awful and he turned so slowly. And you had to think, like, even Antonio at right-back was a far, far superior option. And I understand the, the thought of signing him, so Antonio wouldn't have had to be right-back like Bilic sort of played around with. Yeah, yeah. But our blow was just horrific. <laughs> like to put it bluntly, he was horrific. I mean, he even said his season at West Ham convinced him to retire. So <laughs> he he agrees. <laughs> I just think he's. I just think he, I just felt sorry. For, you know, I just again, it was one of those which which could have should have worked. You know what I mean? Because he was like he was. Still, I mean, we signed in, wasn't it Real Madrid before he came to us, um, and just another. And obviously, he had this. Very fiery relationship with Billich, it seems, um, yeah. based on what everyone was saying. And I felt sorry for him. Um, I, I just didn't work out, but you're right. But he apparently came with, with so much baggage that he was, you know, the best person, the best football player ever and, and, and better than West Ham and stuff. Yeah. So you've sort of set think, yourself behind to nothing. Yeah, I think if we've learned anything from it, uh, West Ham and Real Madrid should never do transfer business regarding fullbacks yeah. with him and Faubert. I think it's just best if we leave each other for our own fullbacks to deal with. <laughs> we'll just we'll, we'll come back when we want Tony Cruz. Uh, we'll, we'll come <laughs> yeah. back then. Yeah, or, or I'm just talking about the Ramos. fullbacks. Just the fullbacks. <laughs> Ramos go well. Ramos is okay. I'd even take Courtois, um, but yeah, yeah. no. Uh, yes, uh, we'll leave the uh, Carver How can um, can rest easy and Marshall. <laughs> even if he is go. great, he'll come to us and he'll he'll just go wrong. <laughs> it's, it's the West Ham way, isn't it? It's the West yeah, Ham it way. Is the West Ham way. <laughs> right, let's go into midfield then. Who are we going to have in midfield then for this? Um, then? So the left side of midfield, I put as Sayad Hakasabanovic. If I'm saying that right, um, more so because he came with a lot of promise and never really got a chance. But there's also like the story that he was signed to sort of convince Arnautovic to join yes. the club as well yeah. and so the, there's other players that maybe could have gone into it but for the purpose of just trying to appease Arnautovic and then what happened with Arnautovic um, has that led him to be in the spot I think he's left the club permanently now so yeah. I mean one saving grace might be he might have earned the club some profit I'm not too sure <laughs> yeah because wasn't it that rumour when he was playing for whoever he was playing for that like there was all these amazing clubs were looking mm. at him, and it's like, yeah, I think see. it was only in January, like, yeah, Bayern Munich and AC Milan were reportedly looking at him, but he's been sold back to Norway, so his agent is must be 
crazy. Yeah. I think if he's got the same agent as Arnautovic, then you probably understand the stories a bit more. Yes. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) definitely. Definitely. And then particularly when it all goes sour in in China and and Arnie says, oh, I can come back. I can come back. (laughs) Oh, can you? Oh, really? What a surprise. What a surprise because you're stuck in Austria at the moment because you can't get because you can't get back into China. But um, yeah, no. It, again, he's one of those players very similar to um, people like uh, oh god uh, Samuelson. Do you know what I mean? Who is they sort of could it just... a lot of promise. Everyone wanted yeah. to see him come and yeah. try out at West Ham and actually be given a run of games, but it just never yeah. happened. No, so never like happened. how many managers needs to have a look at him till yeah. everyone understands? Oh, actually, maybe he's not cut out for it because if three managers have had a look at him and gone it's not yeah. going to happen it's but all the fans yeah. going but some fans saying oh but he's playing in the Norwegian league and has scored four goals and three assists in ten games yeah. which statistically looks great but if you've got David Moyes Slavin Bilic and Manuel Pellegrini all going no I don't want to give him a chance <laughs> it might show that he's not he wasn't good enough Yes, so no, that's why he's know. that's why he's got his place in this, in the starting eleven for this calamitous bunch. Yep. Okay. So we we'll put Seed in. Um, who's next? Who's next, Henry? Uh, next was the who I decided to be captain of the squad, um, Carlos Sanchez. Oh, Carlos Sanchez. God bless him. The combination of wages to ability, and I think we still paid a transfer fee for him. Yeah, was just horrific. I. We saw him earlier this season when he actually managed to play one game and he controlled the ball with his chest more than his feet. Like every time the ball was like coming at him, just out of nowhere, chest. And my mate next to me was like, why is he doing that? <laughs> well, why is this like his first decision to make? And I might have understood the reasoning to try and sign him in the first place because he went down with a Villa side and might have looked worse because of how bad Villa was. In the same way, Idrissa Gay went to Everton from a relegated Villa side and he turned into an unbelievable player. So that is my only sort of logic that I can build to of why we signed him and why it might have worked. But it was just, it's just been a... But he was good at, he was good at, was it Florentino we signed him from, I think, and and, some Italian team and he was doing all right there. And you might have thought, I, I was the same as you, I was thinking, or maybe he just had a bad rub at Villa. Because some players do just have a bad rub. They go to another club, reinvigorate themselves, come back. And I thought, well, you know, it was that sort of mid midfielder, combative midfielder that we sort of didn't have loads of spare yeah. for, for I mean, the thought would be, instead of signing him to keep Obiang, would have been <sighs> probably the better choice. Yes. But I mean, I think his nickname is The Rock, Sanchez. <laughs> and he was... Like the idea would be he'd come on in the last 10 minutes of the game where it's 1 0 or 2 1 and just to sort of solidify and shut up shop. But usually the other happened and we concede oh, rather than putting on another striker. I remember his, one of his first games was um, Wolves last season. And everyone obviously had still were very much underrating how good Wolves were yeah. um, as they'd just come up and he just cost us the game so badly. <laughs> Um, he just oh. looks so slow. Like I understand why he did well in Italy because it's a much slower, more tactical yeah. Yeah, league yeah, yeah. where you've got a lot more time on the ball. But you can't play like that in the Premier League. No, it's I just not going to work, and no. we now know why. <laughs> yes, yes, and I, and it seems that sort of that's uh, I, I'm what the way I see that the particularly this transfer window and obviously the 
the, the January transfer window as well, um, the one that's just gone, there's a definite change in the guard in terms of our transfer policy. It is, I know we always talk about this Leipzig model, but it is the Leipzig model now, it seems. Picking up younger, hungrier players from different leagues as well. So not spending money on, on Italy, Italian leagues, but I mean, Suchek's a classic example. You know, we could put them yeah. in the market tomorrow. We would double our money. Um, easily a few days easy yeah Suchek if he plays next season how he played this season is he'll be really tricky to keep hold of yeah if we if we struggle again but he's like Declan Rice from this year and but obviously he plays a bit more attacking and can sort of get forward and maybe a bit more of a goal threat he'll be chased by everyone that needs a central midfielder that can score goals and defend yeah, and definitely. that's a lot of teams that would want a player like that, especially if you think Man City have that's, got Fernandinho yeah, exactly. on his way yeah, out. He, they're, they're, they're the team that I'm worried about for Declan and or Suchek next season because yeah. he's an unbelievable player. And it's one of, he's one of those ones where a lot of people haven't clocked on to him no. how good he is yet outside of West Ham. Yeah. But as soon as next season starts and if he carries on how he's started, he'll, he'll be a fan favourite of the club and it'll be unbelievable he's gonna, and then he's, incredibly hard to keep hold of. Exactly. He's going to be one of those ones, think, one of the ones that are always in the fantasy Premier League teams. You'll see that yeah. next season because he'll be cheap because he'll be met with yeah. Stan. And he will I get... think he'll be... I, I don't think... It's going to be hard to keep hold of him, I think, for himself because I think he's a very ambitious player. Yeah. I mean, but every time he was sort of asked about signing for West Ham permanently, he was like, oh, I can't wait. I really want to do it. And then it was always followed with as long as they're in the Premier League. Yeah. I don't blame him for that. He's a good enough no, player to sort of demand that. But if a bigger club comes in calling for him, he's he's using the West Ham as like a, hi guys, I can do it on this stage, which yeah. is fair enough. And as long as he plays how he is, I won't mind him doing that because yeah. if he ends up going and he brings a big profit to the club that we can reinvest and build the squad again, then that's perfect, for, especially with what we're trying yeah. to do is that's how we should be trying to do it. That's how we should five be. players give them the platform, sell them off to the Chelsea or United for double the money and then reinvest it wisely mm. and bring in the younger players again to then do it again until we're at the position where we can say, no, you don't want to leave here because we are being successful yeah. as our current ownership have promised and suggested that we will be. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And, and I think that, and that's, the, I think there'll be a slight chat. You know, it's, it's, you know, making a profit off of of a player is something which you don't tend to do a lot of, uh, and no. and as a as a sort of first step, and I think that's where we're clearly going in now. Same as Bowen. I mean, got, you know, we won't say it, but if we sold Bowen on the market today, we'd make ten million pounds on him. It'd be twenty twenty five thirty million pounds easily. You know what I mean? So um, just because of his you know British based player as well, and mm. that's definitely a way. And sort of the Carlos Sanchez's of this world, I don't think we'll be seeing many of them for. a a long, long time. Maybe, you know, it's a bit like football manager, isn't it? At the beginning of the season, you have a look for the free transfers and you, and you try and get, yeah. you know, Paolo Maldini or, you know, <laughs> you know just, you know, he's Maxim Zigalco. Just to have the always. name at the club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to sell the shirts. Um, yeah. And, and Sanchez, yeah, I, I think it was a, a changing, definitely a changing transfer policy. Right. Okay, who's next? Who's next? Next is our little Jack Wilshire. Oh. Um he came and he came off a relatively good season with Bournemouth in terms of playing, and that's how, and that was probably the first issue with Jack Wilshere is rating how good he'd been just because he'd played over twenty games. 
Yes. That's probably the first issue. <laughs> not in terms of like how he played or what he did. The fact he just played 20 games. Yeah. I think I was with everyone of like, I really want it to work for him. Oh, definitely. Of course, everyone would want it to work for him. But it's just ha- that injuries have carried on. And I think when he has played, he hasn't shown enough whether or not it's because it's match fitness or so Mm. but i just don't think he's shown enough to warrant playing so if we were playing the midfield three of rice suchek and then that extra spot and if it's not mark noble in my mind it goes to pablo for now because he's shown that he can graft and do the defensive work but he's also got the attacking skill and jack wilshire he's lacked that when he has played Mm. and He's just not sort of done enough. I remember when we signed him and it was the first game of the season against Liverpool and watching Sky Sports and Graham Souness, the incredible knowledge that he had. And we just signed Felipe Anderson and all these other players. And he said, oh, Jack Wilshere, he will be the best player for them. Yeah. And it's just like, you've not really not researched any of the other players we've signed and just no. gone, oh, Jack Wilshere's there. I'll talk about I've him for 10 minutes. Him, yeah. yeah, I've heard of him. Um, so, I mean, he scored one goal in a, I think it was against Newport, which was a great moment. Everyone loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. for fault outside of his own in terms of performances, his injuries has put him into it. Like he, yeah. he was probably great fun for Andy Carroll to have around for a year. That's yeah. I think probably the best it's got for him. <laughs> yeah, and it was a shame because obviously during during uh, lockdown when before we had restart he was fighting fit and you know and we were told that there's no injuries and and then that week before when they started doing proper training like Haller got injured Wiltshire got injured and and it's a shame because I think he would have made a difference I I really do I think when he's when he was fit he just because particularly for the first couple of games we were crying out for someone just to have a go just to put a bit of a through ball through and or just go for a jinky run and he can do it, and I think that's the thing. It's just like because you know it's there. It just you yeah. just can't wrap him up in cotton wool enough. And uh, and and he's one of those players, a bit like Antonio sometimes, where every time he goes down, you wince because you think, yeah, how, how long is he going to be out for? Uh, and that's yeah. the tra- and that's the trouble with him. You can't. There's always that apprehension when he goes in for a challenge that he's going to get injured, and it must just be a, a psychological thing as well for him as well because it must be awful knowing that. You know, you're that injury prone, but uh, all right, yep, Jackson. Uh, who's who's next? Who's next? I'm uh, it's good fun. The right midfielder is Billich's golden boy from Besiktas, Gokan Torre. Gokan. Everyone was so excited oh, to sign too. him, and, and everyone was so furious when we'd only loaned him for four million pounds rather than spending. I think it was the sixteen to buy him everyone going what's the point of loaning him just buy him now and it's done before we pays and has an incredible season and then we have to pay 20 30 million quid to keep him but he was he unknown. really didn't work yeah. out his best moment was his first game yeah and he yeah, set yeah. up antonio who's winning goal at the first premier league game at the Bolands at the Bolands, at the london yeah. stadium but from then it just went down he just yeah. had no final quality and then you just looked off the pace he didn't look fit and he quickly got found out by defenders and he had very little impact and then he got injured and then yeah. that was sort of and then That's he it. and then everyone forgot about him because Faguli took his place and yeah, Antonio so he, just, so he just wasn't there like Faguli was someone I thought about putting in but I actually thought he did all right I, I thought, thought he got yeah, I yeah. thought he got a lot of unfair stick he was one of the players I was really gutted to see leave because yeah, he looked like right. he was just sort of getting back into that form, the goal mm. against, he scored against Burnley in the last day of the season. I was like, 
we've played someone through and they've yeah. slipped the ball past the goalkeeper. That is yeah. a move we never do. No, and no. we not finally had someone doing that and yeah. then we got rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> but Greg at all. He was, I mean, yeah, he was, I mean, I was one of those who was really excited because I think as soon as we signed, as soon as Bilic was the manager, there was talk of us getting Tory in and it was like, oh, because he's like, you know, he's his mate and they're good buddies. And I was thinking, yeah. And you see, obviously, then you go to the YouTube, don't you? Then you see the, the clips. Oh, he looks incredible on YouTube, uh, Tory, that, especially oh as God. like a creative player yeah. for like assists. He just looked, everything we've sort of needed for ages of a winger that will cut down to the byline and cut it back, which we still don't have, no, no. except for I think one time Anderson showed it this season against Watford yeah. at the beginning of the season, and Fredericks did it against what oh. against Norwich. Norwich, yeah. and like the amount of times you watch that happen to West Ham, you'd like to know at least we could do it to other teams. <laughs> And that's what we thought we were going to get with Torre, but it just he just wasn't there. No, and, and, and it was a shame. It was a shame, but you know he could we put him down as the first assist at Upton Park uh, at the stadium. He is, a, he is. So, if you yeah. if you remove the uh, the Europa League games, yes, yes, that and, happened and, there. Oh yeah, God, I remember that. Kiate's first two goal scorer, I think. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. Faguli was the third. <laughs> such a such a roll call of players isn't it you know it's like you, yeah. know, you think you know, going I, just, to the... oh, I, don't know. I still get confused with the whole stadium opening that we did the stadium opening against Juventus despite the fact we played two games there in the Europa yeah. League qualifiers like yeah. the scheduling and running of that was just just make either the Europa League game the opening that would be better even though you're playing against whatever team it was European football yeah. at the London Stadium to open it would have been I understand trying to get a named team in to add the glamour but if you're going to do that do it before the competitive season starts (laughs) i don't think it was it was a bit of a rush job isn't it by everything bold accounts yeah i i reckon they didn't plan us getting into europe (laughs) you know that it was a i mean that season was just an incredible season the season before and i don't think we'd assumed it was going to be as good because we'd had a couple of rubbish seasons before then and um that's uh yeah no it was uh it was it was strange yeah because it's like this is not the proper opening no 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 it's not the proper opening. okay um yeah. but uh, just the West Ham way really we know that everyone anyone so okay and so so my mother law with something so anyway um so so obviously Gokhan is in um up front who are we can have up front well speaking of the stadium opening I think that's probably the best way to introduce the next player. Um, the guy who has scored at the London Stadium, but in yes. a Juventus shirt, uh, Simone <laughs> Zaza. Oh, the player that. that was supposed to be the marquee signing that was going to fire us through the Europa League to winning it when we've been linked with Alexander Lacazette, Mitch yeah. Bacciarari, players that have gone to the Premier League and scored. We were linked with Carlos Backer for about a year, oh, it yeah. seems, in terms of... I think he joined us about five times and was going to be announced at the kit he, opening. Carlos and then ba- it just constantly Car- just didn't exactly, happen. Yeah, Carlos Backer <laughs> was the uh, Ida Johnson of the modern era. So yeah, every, uh, like, Ida Johnson's like every year, you know, always signing him. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, uh, he's having his medical. Oh, he's still having his medical 10 years on. But uh, yeah, yeah no, I always... Backer. I wanted to compare. I want. I've, 
I remember one of the people commenting about it was like, should do like a villainous West Ham 11 of players that we've played against? And I was like, good Johnson needs to be in it yeah. just for the amount of times he was going to sign for us. But Zaza, 11 games, I think he played, zero goals. I think I summed it up quite well of saying the best it got for him was at Crystal Palace where he had, where he put in a good shift. <laughs> I, 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 I remember everyone being so sort of the videos the club were putting out of him training yeah. and like scoring. And it just wasn't happening. I think he tried like an overhead kick from about 30 yards away at the London Stadium and he had his wild snapshot at Manchester United and was like, right, he needs something to happen for was, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it, the Crystal Palace came came when Aaron Cresswell come back from injury and he set up that lovely assist from Lanzini. I remember saying to one of the guys I sit next to the next game, the next home game saying it's weird that we look better attacking now our left back is better yeah. and but everyone i remember people raving about zaza being like oh he played really well he held the ball up he was winning knock-ons but that was it like that's the best it did he did for us was just a solid yeah. game as a target man not in terms of scoring or creating no. chances just holding yeah. the ball up really and that was the best it got already and as and as you and, said you know the fact that he scored at London Stadium, but in Juventus shirt, just sums up his time at West Ham. You know what I mean? That's the yeah. thing. It was such a brilliant goal, and it was exactly the yeah. kind of striker we needed. In terms of, I remember it was a long ball from I think it was Chiellini um, over the top of our defence. He ran onto it. It looked rapid when he did it and fired it first time yeah. into the bottom right-hand corner across the goal. It was like that's the exact striker we need. Someone that can yeah. run in behind and do this. Did we play that system to accommodate a striker? No. no, did the striker not fail because they didn't play an assistant that suited them? Yes, and he failed horrifically, and that does bring us on to the next striker. Yeah, which I think a lot of people disagreed with me. Yes, in terms of if you spend forty plus million pounds on a striker and do not pay assistant that suits them, yeah, it is a calamitous error because it not only makes him look bad. It makes the club look bad for not being able to accommodate a £40 million striker. And that is why Sebastian Hallett made the team. Yeah. I know he scored seven or eight goals, which for us is actually quite a good return yeah. for a striker. Yeah. <laughs> if, that's what, if that's the amount of money we have to spend in order to get that, I don't know how much we have to spend to get a player that scores 15 goals a season. Yeah. But I, I think I got a bit of slack for putting Haller in. Someone say, oh, I was clickbait because Haller was the pitcher. I was like, well, he's in the team. He goes, well, that's clickbait for putting him in the team. I was like, but if you do this, it's an appalling administrative error because you shouldn't be signing a player that relies to be played in a certain way mm. and then not playing like that. Like, if you think of what we've been doing this season is basically relying on a striker to do it all really, like we, were, like we tried with Haller, it would have been far more sensible idea to have signed Danny Ings at Southampton, yeah. who has basically had to be a target man despite being under six foot, yeah. it seems. But has done it brilliantly. He's done it by himself. Haller can't do that because he hasn't got the pace. He's You think he's this like big, moody man that's not going to get barged off the ball. But the last game against Villa, the first thing that happened was someone just put their arm in the back of him in the jump and he was on the ground for five minutes yeah. like i really wanted it to work for him i have a friend in germany who's a frankfurt fan he was like oh look after him look after him and i was like oh no we will we've got players that will make it work because i can easily imagine felipe anderson playing more inside yeah. or antonio playing more yeah. inside and you've got the players around him but we haven't played that so it hasn't yeah. worked and i mean 
the epitome of showing how much hasn't worked is the fact someone signed for seven million pounds six five years ago from nottingham forest scored more goals than he did all season in six games yeah and that's antonio so and he's 30 now and is constantly injured but when he isn't he's outperforming west ham's record transfer signing quite easily so I really want it to work out. I think he's got time to get himself out of this team yeah, yeah. if we play a system that suits him. When we have, I think, oh, the yeah. Southampton game where we yes, won 3-1, exactly. he was brilliant in terms of like playing his um, connection with Antonio and playing him in. You've mm-hmm. always got to think of that Rabona chip pass that went over the Southampton back four and Antonio ran onto it. And Antonio being Antonio still needs to learn to finish a one-on-one. But it was a brilliant, brilliant move. And when we play like that, he's brilliant. But we haven't done that no. the majority of the season, which is another failing for because of Roberto. We've had to put another defender on to try cover it, which has yeah. left Haller up top by himself. So it's not his fault he's in it, but no. I know he could have done more to stop himself being in it by himself. But yeah. it's just one of those cases of like, He's a great player. I agree with everyone. He's a very talented footballer. Mm. But if you're not playing to playing to his strengths, he's not going to be able to do it. You could have the best player in the world, mm. but if you put Zidane at right back, yeah. he's not going to do a very good job. I know Haller is a striker, but if you're putting him as a lone striker, mean, he's not yeah. going to do a good job. Yeah. So that's why he's in it. I, I, I know I could have put Caleri in, but I actually really liked Caleri. I thought oh, he got a bit of slag. He never stopped running, and no. that's what Haller doesn't do. No. Yeah, Caleri, yeah. you wanted it to work for him so badly. I mean, when he scored against Middlesbrough, I was like, oh, that's the moment. He just needed that bit of luck. Yeah, yeah. And then I think the next game was Tottenham, or it was a couple games later, uh, the Lanzini winner. And Caleri had the moment where he dropped, he, he yes. controlled the ball and spun his defender, and he hit a shot, and Lloris just pulled out a ridiculous save. And you've got to think, if that had got in, could you could have seen the Clary that we thought we would have had. And he's yeah. done all right since he's gone to Spain. Yeah, but yes. Haller, Haller's not inspiring in the same way as Caleri's effort is. Yeah. Because yeah, you, yeah. He, you get too frustrated with him. You can't get frustrated with Caleri because it's just it's not happened for him. He, he's trying. And that's what yeah. we love as West Ham fans. Is yeah. I don't really care if you're good or not. If you run around a lot, yeah. that's great. <laughs> no, it's true. Like, it's true. I know exactly what you mean. It, it makes perfect sense. And... I just think, yeah, because of the way he, uh, Haller has this sort of, you know, French way about him. He is, you know, he's like quite nonchalant and he just, you know, he, wait, he waits for the ball. And uh, whereas, you know, someone like Caleri made things happen, uh, you know, we are, fans love people like Carlton Cole and, you know, yeah. Ian Dowie, who they weren't very good, but they didn't stop. Tra- no. they didn't, they put Carlton the Cole on. was the hero at West Ham. And he's yeah, got, exactly. He's not. West Ham's Premier League top goal scorer. No. He's very far from it. We went yeah. down to the championship. He set his target at 15 goals, which he achieved through the playoffs and in the playoff final. Yeah. That, for someone who played for England, is appalling yeah. as a target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love Colton Cole because he loved the club and he yeah. put all his all into it, regardless of his actual talent that he had. But that's why Haller was in it Like at the moment. I still believe it can work i, I think still it can think work can, the players it just needs are, to put a system into it and then yeah. he'll we'll see the player we signed the players are there think, I mean, he, he played in the, the front season three. before yeah the season before he was alongside 
Luka Jovic has gone to Real Madrid. That move yeah. hasn't quite worked, but no. an unbelievable player. And Ante Rebic, who's gone to AC Milan, yeah. who we've also been linked with in the past as well. Yeah. I think he'd have been a better shout to replace yeah. Arnautovic because he seems so similar in terms of his style of play and yeah. just general moodiness. But that's who I think we should have signed. But Haller yeah. was not a bad option to sign as long as no. we fit the system around him and we haven't done that. And so it's, just... it's more so the management's fault. You're right. And the system is there. You know, the players are there now, arguably. I think, you know, he could play in that three with Bowen and Antonio. and But it's having that confidence in the rest of the team because that's three very attacking-minded players who yeah. you want to be playing up. For. I mean, it's no point playing the formation and then actually rather than playing a three, it's a five in midfield because then you're back to having Haller up front in his own. He needs, yeah. a stru- he needs support. But uh, The best thing we can do for Haller... It's not to sign a striker to play next to him. It's to sign two very good fullbacks. Yes. So the defence is more solid. Because the players, like you said, Antonio and Bowen, they are perfect to do that role. But they're too busy having to cover for the fullbacks. So that's the issue. So if we sign two very competitive fullbacks that are very Premier League quality and that's what we've got now, then that should happen. Ben Johnson, I think, is a great player, but he's still very raw and like... I think it's a bit soon to say, okay, Ben Johnson, your first team, Fredericks, we're going to sell you. And then whoever is the kid in the academy at right back at the moment, he's going to be the second choice. I think that would be very risky. Yeah. We need to sign a right and a left back. And I think if we do that, the rest of the solid solidity is there with Rice and Suchek and Diop Nogbonna. Like, then I think you're looking at a very good squad that's yeah. got a clear system and how it's going to work. Yeah. And that's how I think we can improve for next season. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, let's hope. <laughs> let's hope, Henry. Oh, dear, we'll see. Henry, man, it's been been wicked chatting to you. I've really, really, really enjoyed it. It's been lovely. Cheers. It's nice It's nice going... I know it's, like, it's nice talking about favourite players, but sometimes it's nice having a good old rant about some some people who haven't just... I, I, I always enjoy talking about the players that have flopped more so than yeah. the players that don't. Because like, yeah, they're great. But if you can't look at the players that have failed and sort of laugh to yourself yeah i think someone messaged me saying why are you doing this why are you trying to get out of it i was like it, well if anything it's just funny yeah. <laughs> exactly. like, think, and also it makes you kind of proud that we're still in the premier league despite, yeah. despite exactly and that's the thing it's, it's retrospectively you know it's not like you know we're not going and slagging off the the team that's going to be starting next season it's it's yeah, happened exactly. and we can yeah. laugh about it and and yeah. even more so you know there's an upton park calamity 11 you could do easily with full of harry's signings you know it's like yeah, you know that would be a good a good one but um, anyway henry it's been lovely mate appreciate you taking the time and obviously Thanks for having me on absolute pleasure man and obviously everyone watching obviously you know get involved with the hammer street uh, green street hammers um, site loads of great content loads of great articles there um, and like share subscribe this as well of course and we'll put a link of the video of the actual article Henry's article in the description as well so read it as well because obviously there'll be lots of analysis and, and, and thoughts as well which maybe Henry might have glossed over today or extra stuff who knows but yeah it's worth doing that and check out the rest of the site um, and for me and Henry take care everyone stay safe Come on, you irons, and uh, you've got to do it, don't you? When someone else does it, it's like... You've got to do it. Got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and take care, everyone. Stay safe. We'll see you again very, very soon. See you, everyone. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.